This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. And uh, to uh, have an opportunity to share the word with you, and that uh, we're honored to be here. We're going to be studying, as you would know, uh, on the subject of faith. We're going to come at. I'm going to come at it from maybe a little differently, uh, not not from that no one else has ever done it, but faith. Uh, first of all, I want to put this picture in your mind about faith. I, I illustrate it like like a, a you bake you ladies bake an apple pie. And when you bake that pie, you cut that pie in slices. So you can lift one slice out, but you don't have all the pie. I don't know how many slices a pie makes. Eight, probably. There's eight slices normally in a pie. And you can lift one piece of that uh, pie out. You do have a piece of the pie, but you don't have all the pie. And so there are different facets of faith. And sometimes we can center uh, our attention on just one of the facets of faith. And the other facets that go along with it sometimes can be maybe not thought, thought about, maybe, maybe not known about. And so therefore we're trying to operate our faith uh, on one slice. And we need the whole pie to operate faith in its, and for it to be effective in our lives. And so tonight, uh, in this session, we're going to study on uh, the importance of your will where faith is concerned. Now, all of us, we make choices every day. You know, you made a choice to be here. Earlier today, you made a choice to get up out of the bed and get about your day. And the, and the day has been filled with choices and decisions that you have had to make about various different things. So faith in God and the faith of God, that's a decision that you make to receive the faith of God and then a decision that you make to do something with the faith that you have received. And so sometimes people think, well, you know, I am a believer and uh, they may feel that because they uh, uh, truly say they are a believer, they may feel like that makes them a, a, a full-fledged faith, uh, you know, one who is, who is fully committed to faith. But let me, let me plant this in your thinking here before we move into it, that there is somewhat of a difference between believing and faith. Although, obviously, believing is very much required where faith is concerned. But yet, at the same time, a person can believe something, but yet not exercise their will to follow in what they have, what they believe. In other words, you could, we could, we could uh, illustrate it like this. If there, if there was a person who was... Uh, in the throes of malnutrition, starving to death, as we say, and uh, someone make, makes a, a full course meal for that person and brings it to that person, 
and sets it before them and asks the question, do you believe if you eat this food that you will not die of starvation? And the answer would be yes, but refuse to eat it. They believe, truly believe, and it is true if they would partake of the food that it would prevent starvation, but yet refuse to partake of it. What they believe, it will not do them any good until they add the action part, faith, to their believing so that all of the pie can work together to bring the results into their life that, that the, the scripture, the Bible, t teaches us that faith will, will bring to us concerning the promises of God. So let's start to, uh, tonight or this afternoon uh, in, the, in the book of Psalms. And as you find that, uh, let me make some statements to you now concerning your faith <clears throat> or concerning you as a child of God, uh, having the spirit of God in you, yet living in a physical body. That the will of man is the dominant force of the human soul. The, the human will is the dominant force of the human soul. And so we understand then that we, how, the, how that God created us. He created us, we, we are a spirit. We don't have a spirit, we are a spirit. We have a soul which includes the mind. It's your soul, it's your emotions and, and so forth. Your intellect is all located there. But your will also is located and centered in your soul which that brings, that brings the mind into play because the mind is a part of the soul. So the human will is the dominant force of the human soul. And so we see then where faith is concerned and where God is concerned, our will has to play a major part, a major role. We know that, this, that we, we, we would not be a Christian had we not exercised our will to receive Christ as our Savior. So your will becomes very, very important to the operation of your faith or to the, uh, to the uh, uh, inactivity, we could say, or not, just not walking in, in faith. So the human will is the dominant force of the human soul. It's the place where all deliberate action on my part and your part is made. It comes out of your will, what you will to do. And then the will then is where choice is determined. So I'm going to go to, to Psalm, the ninth Psalm, and I want to read the first two verses, talk a little bit about it. This is, uh, this is the psalmist in his writings here, but I want you to notice four things out of these two verses that pertains to what I'm saying to you right now, your will. He says, I will praise thee, O Lord. Now notice what he said. He said, I will. He didn't say, O God, make me. He didn't say, somebody come over here and help me. He said, I will. That means he made a, a, a conscious, deliberate choice to do something where God is concerned. So he said, I will praise the O Lord with my whole heart. Then he says, number two, he said, I will show forth all of your marvelous works. So here again, we find the will in action. I will 
show forth all of thy marvelous works. Then he says in the third one, he said, I will be glad and rejoice in thee. So we find out that God, God does not make us rejoice, yet he wants us to rejoice. He tells us to rejoice, and it is his will that we rejoice in him. But I have to exercise the free choice of my will, or, or the, 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 uh, the freedom of choice that God has given me and you as, a, uh, as, as his children, or as any human, you know, you, you, we're created with a free will. I have to exercise that. I can believe it's right to rejoice, but yet I have to use my will and make a decision that I'm going to rejoice. Now, here's, here's, here's where faith comes in here. Faith operates mainly in the realm of the unseen. In other words, uh, Paul in his writings in the Corinthian letter, he said, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. So rejoicing comes to play here that when, when, when things do, does not look good out here, we're not looking out here, we're looking here. And that, therefore we exercise our will to rejoice about things here as opposed to being uh, 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 discouraged uh, with things here. So I will. Now that's, that's three things that, that the psalmist tells us in these two verses that, that goes right to the core of our, our will, what we will to do. And then he says, uh, uh, I will sing praise to your name, to thy name. So we see then in all of these four things that the psalm, psalmist talks about, God does not make us do any of it, yet he wants us to do all of it. But yet, whether I do it or not is left up to me. And it's left up to a choice that I make. And it's left up to what I will to do. So that's just exactly what faith is. There has to be a conscious choice uh, and, and, and uh, uh, a determination that you, that we, that a person is going to be, they're going to live by faith, they're going to walk by faith, and that they are going to be a faith uh, individual. Now let me say something about that. Faith, first and foremost, is not things, faith is a lifestyle. It's how we live. And how we live then bleeds over into what we receive from God through our faith. So, so first and foremost, faith is my lifestyle. So here he gives us a lifestyle. What were those four things that I am to consciously by choice, exercise my will to incorporate into my lifestyle of faith. What did he say in these, these four verses? I will. All right, number two. Number three. And number four. I will live this lifestyle. This is what I will do. Because I am exercising my faith and I'm exercising my will along with my faith. And so I am doing what God wants me to do as the psalmist listed here. So that means God is pleased when I do that. And without faith, it's impossible. So I got to rejoice. 
you know, uh, I've, I, I need to do all of these four things here because they, they go directly to the core of my faith lifestyle. So I will praise thee. And that means I'm praising God for who he is. And I, I you know, when things around us sometimes doesn't look good, that's not going to, to cause me not to praise God. It's, I'm not going to let it affect my will. I will praise God with my whole heart. I will show forth his marvelous works, telling people about Jesus, giving testimony. And then he said, I will be glad and rejoice. So I'm going to rejoice. And then he says, I'm going to, I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. So I'm going to sing. Even if I can't carry a tune, I'm going to sing. Why? Because I'm living a faith lifestyle. And without this lifestyle of faith, I'm not going to be able to please my Father God. So without faith, it's impossible to please. God doesn't mean he doesn't love me, but he's just not pleased with how I am conducting myself toward him. So notice that the psalmist then in these, uh, these four things, that the psalmist said that he would do them. And I say all this to you because a lot of times, as you, as you have been taught and as you have found out, there are many things that, that we deal with in life that could be a discouraging to the exercising of my will concerning faith. You know, sometimes things come around us, you know. God never told us, you know, that, that we'd never have a problem. He never told us, you know, we'd never have, uh, right, and test and trial and so forth. He didn't say that. But yet he says that with my faith and my believing, he says that it is possible for me to have what I need from him in spite of the things that would discourage me. And so what do we mean then when, when we refer to the will of man? Let me cover my tracks here two or three times. What do we mean when we refer to the will of man? The will of man refers to the faculty of conscious and particularly of deliberate action or the power of choosing one's own decision. And you know, if God, if God were making those decisions for everybody, then everybody would be born again. Because God would choose that, wouldn't he? Because he's not willing that any should perish but that all would come to repentance and receive Christ as their Savior. So we know then that God's not making this choice for us. I have to make it for myself. So that's a determination that you have to make. That is something you have to settle in your thinking, in your mind, and get that firmly settled that this is something that you are going to do. It's a conscious decision on your part. So the will could be defined as purpose or determination such as you hear people say, you know, that person really had a will to succeed or they had a mind to succeed. And so our will is a very, very important part, as I've said, in our walk with God. And then we find uh, that the will of man becomes the man's purpose and not necessarily God's in this sense that if I will to do opposite of what God wants me to do, then obviously that's not what God, uh, as I've just said, would will for, for my life. So the will of man, the will of a person, the will becomes 
uh, the ruling or controlling force of the human soul. Now, now, can you see, and we won't get into that right now, I don't think, that, can you see why that the human mind, that part of your soul, must be renewed to the word of God? It has to be trained to make right choices and decisions by being, by being conformed. You remember Paul said it in the Roman letter. He said, be not conformed to this world, but be what? Transform, be changed. How? By the renewing of your mind. So you have to come to this place where that, that you use the word of God so that it, that it trains the human mind or soul, the soulish area to always be, uh, have a will uh, toward God and what God asks us to do or gives us instructions to do. So until the mind becomes renewed, Faith cannot work in a carnal mind. It won't work in a carnal mind. And so you know what a carnal mind is. A carnal mind is simply a mind that's not renewed to the word. It, it thinks natural all the time. It doesn't think in the supernatural. It thinks in the natural. So a carnal mind cannot work with faith. The reason that is, there's too many distractions out here around us that grabs the attention of the mind. You see, and if my mind is not renewed to God through his word, then all of these distractions that come around me, it vies and grabs for my attention. And so with an unrenewed mind, then I, I, I will find myself giving more attention and paying more attention to the distractions that are around me in a natural world than I will be paying attention to the supernatural world of which we as God's children are to be involved in, in our life and in our walk with God. So the human will, uh, will has the final say in all decisions. You have that right, I have that right, everybody has that right. The human will has the final uh, say so in every choice that you make. You make it because you will to make. You may not be consciously thinking that at the time you make that decision, but nonetheless, you make that decision because you will. You exercise your will to make that decision. I type it like this, or say it like this a lot of time, that in the morning time, you know, whatever time you have to uh, arise in the morning, you have to exercise your will to exercise power over the bed. Because, you know, when the alarm goes off, your body's saying, lay here. Your spirit's saying, get up. And so somewhere in this process, you have to exercise your will and get out of the bed. You made a conscious choice to exercise your will to do a simple thing like, like getting up. All right, and so the, the God in creating man did so in giving him sovereignty over his decision-making powers. We, we, he has given us the right of free choice. And that's, I think that's because God did not want us to be robots. He wanted us to be his children that loved him from our heart by our choice, by the exercising of our, our will that God wanted us, his children. He, wanted, he wants people to exercise their free will choice to love him 
so that he's not making us do anything, but he is inviting us to join together with him so that he can then join together with us and give us the things that Christ died, Jesus died for us to have. And so we see then that God does not make anybody do that. Now, sometimes we hear people say, say that, make that statement, or at least I have. Uh, I've heard people make that statement, well, well, God made me do that. But they never stop to think, well, God really didn't make them do it. Now, the Holy Spirit is influencing us in the right direction. And, uh, and, and, but yet, it is, when it, the nitty-gritty of the thing was I exercised my freedom of choice or my will. So you've got to understand that your will walks right side by side with how much faith that you exercise in your life. So how far a person will go in their relationship with God will be determined by the exercising of their will. In other words, you have to exercise, I do, we all do, I have to, we have to exercise our will to pray. If we, if we don't make a, a conscious decision that we're going to take a time to pray or have a time in the word, then it won't happen. But when I make that choice and that decision, to go pray, then I know this, that my will has taken me to a place where I can connect with God. I connect with God then through prayer. When I make a, a, a choice, a conscious choice to read the word and take time each day to read the word, then I'm making a choice, exercising my will to, to connect with God through his word. And so that's, God's pleased with that. And uh, it, that's something that will not happen unless I make a conscious decision, an action of my will to do these things uh, so that faith, my lifestyle of faith, is put in place. Now keep that in mind, your lifestyle of faith, how you live your life, a lifestyle of faith. And so we, uh, we understand that, and uh, it, it is important. Now, I want to read the scripture, uh, scripture out of Revelation 22, verse 17. We're remember that we, we're talking about how important the will is to walk in faith. And the spirit and the bride say, come, and, and let him that heareth say, come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. So a person to be born again has to exercise their free will to come to Christ, to come to Jesus. When they hear it through a sermon, a message, through someone witnessing, through a testimony, however, uh, you have to exercise your will. And so what does God say? Let him come. And for who, how does that go? For, uh, uh, let me read, and whosoever will, and whosoever will, let him come. Let him come. And so we see that there again, the will. Now, you know, I, you can best describe probably the workings of the human body by, uh, by talking about eating, how you exercise your, your will. Maybe you've gone to a restaurant or maybe you cooked your favorite meal. And maybe you sat down and you, you ate, ate that, you know, and you, it was so good, you just continued to eat it until you said, I am full. But then here comes the dessert. You said you were full, but here comes the dessert. And there's just something about that that, that the body goes to say, I can make room for that. <laughs> I can make room for that. 
So now you're faced with a decision. You've already, well, you probably may not have done this, but people can say they've already, they've already eaten too much. They're full. But here comes this delicious, whatever your favorite dessert might be. Here it comes and it's placed in front of you. Now all of a sudden the body goes to screaming. I can make room. I got a little more room here. You know, and then here comes your, comes your mind and your mind saying, well, you know, and your soul in here, you know, well, you don't need, you know, you, you've already had too much. You don't need to do that. But here's your body screaming. Now, here you are. You and you between a rock and a hard place. Isn't that true? You've got to make a choice or a decision to eat or not to eat. And so that's, that's how it works. The body wants to go and do what it wants to do, go where it wants to go. And if the soul then, where you make your choices of your free will, if that soul is not renewed, and if it has not learned to make a conscious decision uh, in, in, in line with God's word, then uh, you're probably going to make a decision to eat that pie or whatever the dessert is. See, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to show you how important your will and the choices that you make how the, those choices can affect your lifestyle of faith, your faithfulness to God. Amen. Now keep this in mind. A faithful lifestyle is as important as going to church is, and that's not all of living a faithful lifestyle. Okay. All right, now, uh, let's go a little bit further. Let's go, let's go over into James, uh, the first chapter of the book of James. And uh, let me read this verse, James chapter 1, verse 21. Read this verse of scripture to you as we talk about the will and its, its connection to uh, living by faith. James chapter 1 verse 21 says it this way. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word. Now, now when he says receive with meekness, that is with submission. Receive Receive the word by submitting to the word. That's a choice. There's your will again. So he said, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with your submission or with, with meekness the engrafted word which is able to what? Save your soul. Now, when I grew up in church, we always phrased it like this. When someone came at church and they received Christ, we made this thing. Well, this person got saved in that meeting. Well, actually, they got, they got born again when they received Christ as their Savior. They got born again. But yet, at the same time, the soul didn't get saved. It has to be renewed. See what I'm saying? And so, actually, you know, it's just terminology that we use, but, but to, just to try to, you know, see the difference here, that, that, that saying that they, they, their soul was saved, their spirit was born again when they received Christ. The inner man, the spirit of man was born again, but yet the mind was not. But the only way you can, you can bring the mind in line with what you've been born of or born of the spirit of God is by taking the word and what? Engrafting that word into the soul. So 
It ha- that's how you renew, you renew your mind, by, by grafting, engrafting or grafting the word into your soul, into your mind. Well, how do you do that? Well, you do that by reading the Bible. And then you do that by meditation. You do that by thinking on it. You do that by talking, talking the word to yourself. In all these ways, you know, we, we're engrafting, we're engrafting, we're engrafting, we're in the process of renewing, we're in the process of saving, we're in the process, we're engrafting the word of God into our soul. And the more you read it, and the more you read it, and the more you meditate it, and the more you meditate it, and the more you think about it, and the more you think about it, something's going on right up here. Something's happening right up here. Something is happening, and what's happening is you're doing something that is strengthening your will for, for a life of faith. And the more you meditate the word, and the more you, you speak it to yourself, and, and let it come out your mouth, and the more you read it and, and all of those things, you are actually strengthening your mind, your soul, your will, your power of choice is actually being strengthened to when, when you read the word of God, that is the, the Bible is the word of God to you. When you read the Bible and you understand what it says and tells us to, to do and how it tells us to behave, our will is so strong that we make that deliberate choice to live it in that way, the, the body, the flesh, the desires of the flesh begin to lose their hold on you. They begin to, they begin to go down, go down to the, to the voice of the body and its desires becomes faint because you have such voice on, on, in your soul of the word. It's renewed, amen. And, and when things come, you know, that looks bad, no, you don't look at it, at it that way. Why? Because you're strong up here. You, you have saved, the word has saved your soul, your thinking, and you, you have strengthened your will. And it doesn't matter what's happening around you. It doesn't matter what the devil says. It doesn't matter what your friends say. Amen, if they're telling you anything different. It, it no longer matters in that realm because you have so strengthened your, your will by engrafting the word into your mind that you never give, you do not give thought or place to anything, any voice that says to you, you don't need to do that or that you would even think that you don't need to do that because you have strengthened your will through the renewal of your mind. Now you're in a position that when you read the word, your will will automatically gravitate to the word of God. There'll be something in you that you will want to do. You'll have a desire to do. It, It won't be something that is hard for you. You will have a desire to do that because you want you want God in all of the fullness of his plan for your life. You want his power working in your life. I mean, you want your confession working. You want your faith working, isn't that right? You, you want your walk with God working so that when the winds of adversity blow and Satan comes knocking and tells you he's gonna blow your house down, the first thing you think, you ain't got wind enough to blow my house down. You ain't got enough power to blow my house down. You ain't got enough power, Satan, to take me out of here. You haven't got it. I have the power. 
the power of the living Christ on the inside. And my mind has been saved and renewed and transformed by the word of God. And my will has been so strengthened that the devil, you might as well just go on down the street because you're not going to influence me not to do what I know that I'm going to exercise my will to do. And I'll tell you folks, when you rise up to that place, I'm telling you, Satan may come knocking, but I'll tell you, you'll send him rocking. Amen. Yeah, he'll knock on your door. Yes, he will. And he'll try to tell you stuff, but I'll tell you, you done turned that knob on that radio off. And you're not listening to him anymore. Why? Because you have taken the time. You've taken the time to engraft the word of God into your soul, into your mind. And something's happening then in, in the inner man. You know, your soul is a part of your inner man. And so something's taking place in that inner man. And the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you begin to feel the energizing power. Now when you get back to the psalm when he said, I will praise God. I'll tell you, uh, it won't be, well, I thank you, Lord. And, uh, it won't, be, it won't be that. You know what it'll be? There'll be such a force coming out of you that you'll want to lift your hands. Amen. And you'll want to praise God and you don't care who hears you. You know, now we want to be discreet and, and things of like that. You understand? And, but it, that, that won't, you know, it doesn't matter who hears you. It doesn't matter what your friends think about you. It doesn't matter sometimes when the family folks say something about you. You know what I'm saying? You are so strong and strengthened in that inner man and in your soul. I'll tell you, your hands just want to go up. And you just want something coming out of your mouth that gives praise and honor and glory to your Father God for who He is. Amen. Oh, you listen. You start thanking Him for who He is more than you start. That's a what? That's the first bell. Well, anyway, you listen. Let's be careful. Got to go. Just got ten minutes. You have you've elevated yourself above 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 things you've elevated them to your love for your heavenly father oh I'm telling you if when you love God oh my goodness God God he, he'll, he will never say no ever ever it'll be his good pleasure to give you the kingdom and that right? it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom Everything that's in the kingdom, he wants you to have it. He wants you to enjoy it. He wants you to prosper in it. Amen. And when the world around you may not look like they're prospering, here you are right out in the middle of that. And amen, the favor of God's all over you. The Holy Ghost not only is in you, he's all over you. The word of God is coming out of your mouth and you're living a lifestyle of faith and you stand like the Apostle Paul did. did and he said, all those things that came, uh, that, that came against him, you know what he stood up and said? He said, I'm not moved by any of these things. I'm not moved by any of these things. I'm not moved because they beat me up. I'm not moved because the ship broke up on us out there. I, I'm, not, I'm not moved because the viper bit me. I am moved by my faith. I'm moved by my Father's word. And I can, I, I can just hear him saying it right now. And I can stand before you and boldly declare, greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. Ah, I can hear him say it, can't you? Oh, he, and, and he said, uh, I can hear, hear him, him say, uh, all things are possible through him that has loved me. Amen. And so here he is now. He's elevated himself above that 
as he exercised his will to do the things that God uh, asked him to do in the revelations that he received from God. Now he's, listen, he's living in a different world. He's living in the realm of the spirit. He's done made his flight from living and letting this natural world dictate to him what he can do, can't do, what he can have or not have. And boy, you see it in the Philippian jail, don't you? You see Paul and Silas in the Philippian jail. Oh my goodness! Here you see, here you see all of this coming out of him after they had the, the after they had beaten them for preaching, you know. And here they are in the Philippian jail, and that would have been a great opportunity to sit down and say, "Why me, Lord?" Or to go to cry. Not not the Apostle Paul. What had he done? He had grafted that word into his soul. He had strengthened his will, and he had the Holy Spirit working in him. And you know what he said? In the midst of all of the adversity, in the midst of everything, Satan has tried to do to me to take me out of here and I've been, I'm in the, Silas and I we're, we're in these, these uh, what were they in the, in them chains or whatever they were in uh, he said we're just going to praise God and I'll tell you when you got yourself built up like that and adversity comes you know what will happen for you you'll lift your hands and you'll begin to praise God no weapon formed against me shall prosper every tongue that rises against me in judgment I shall condemn that uh, hallelujah for the greater one lives on the inside of me and God God's word is forever settled in heaven. And if it's settled in heaven, anything contrary is forbidden on the earth so far as I'm concerned. Because it will not change. He's the same what? Yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Pardon me. I'm getting a little preachy here, but feeling pretty good. Amen. And so you, you, see, you see the importance of your will of the exercising of your will. And you also understand that there are many things in this natural world that will try to affect how you use your will to make right choices or wrong choices. And so we, how do we do this? How do we strengthen the will to, to live a life of faith? How do we do that? We engraft. We engraft the word. You know, we read the word. We read the word. When I first started learning this, I heard a, I heard a, a minister say, uh, he said, I sit in my living room and I read the Bible out loud to myself. Now, I never was taught that back in those years. And, you know, this, this, if, if you knew who this person was, you know, he was, he's a little, little different, you know. And I thought, well, you know, I don't doubt that, you know. You're sitting in your living room reading the Bible out loud to yourself. I, I said, that's just kind of strange, you know. But anyway, but I've come to learn reading the Bible and read it out loud to yourself. What are you doing when you do that? You are engrafting. What does it mean when you're engrafting? Engrafting it. You're, you're putting the word, you, you are washing your mind, your soul with God's word. A amen. And I tell you, something's changing and something's changing and something's happening. Your will is being strengthened. You're being strengthened in your inner man. Your spirit is being strengthened. Your soul is being strengthened. And your will is being strengthened. And so we come... And we say, I will. Every time God says, do this, what do we say? I will. When God tells me to live by faith, what do I say? I will. When God tells me to love everybody, what do I do? I will. When God tells me to forgive someone that's offended me, what do I do? I, I, I will. Amen. I, I will. Amen. And the devil won't say, well, you got run over. No, you didn't. You got lifted up above that that was trying to run over you. I will. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And all that is within me, I will praise. Oh, hallelujah. 
Why don't we do that right now? Let's just lift your hands up. Let's give him praise. Oh, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. We bless you, Father. We magnify you. We give you glory. We give you honor. Hallelujah. Oh, we're exercising our will. We're exercising our power of choice. I will praise thee. I will thank thee, O Lord. I will live a life of faith, O Lord. I will meditate on your word. I'll meditate on it in the nighttime. I'll meditate it in the daytime. I'll speak it in the day. I'll speak it in the night. I will bless your holy name. I'll give praise to you, Father. Hallelujah. I'll do it. Glory to God. Glory be to I, yeah, I will sing of all his marvelous, wonderful works. Amen. And I'll take time to thank him for what he's done for me. I thank you, Lord, that you saved me, you redeemed me, you brought me out of a horrible pit, lifted me out of the miry clay, placed my feet upon the rock. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So the point, the point in all of this is how important your will and the, the freedom of choice that we have, how important it is to understand that faith has to have, that, that he, faith has to have your willingness. It has to have your choice to flow in the things that God has instructed us to in a life of faith. Amen. Amen. Lord, when we do that, we're on the road. We're on the way. Amen. And God will take us higher and higher and higher and higher. Amen. Praise be unto God. Amen. And every need shall be supplied. Amen. And God will not deny any of his wonderful promises. Amen. Hallelujah. If I can, is, that, is, is that second horn blown? Well, good, good. Getting close. Amen. So I just, I just wanted to, to focus you in on that before we go further in our, uh, in our time with you on the importance of what you choose to do or not do in your life, in your life or your walk with God. Amen. But... Uh, Isaiah says it this way. He says, if you be what? Willing and obedient. You're going to eat the good of the land. If you're willing and if you're obedient. Submission. Simply submitted to the word of God. God's got good things for us. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Now. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.